Welcome to All Fired Up. I'm Louise, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk all things anti-diet. Has diet culture got you in a fit of rage? Is the injustice of the beauty ideal getting your knickers in a twist? Does Fitspo make you want to spitspo? Are you ready to hurl if you hear one more weight loss tip? Are you ready to be mad, loud and proud? Well, you've come to the right place. Let's get all fired up. This week, I'm really excited because I got to speak to Sarah Harry. Sarah is a Melbourne-based psychotherapist and eating disorder and body image specialist. Sarah is really unique in that she's also a yoga teacher and incorporates a lot of yoga into her work with eating disorders and body image. Sarah is the co-director of Body Positive Australia alongside Fiona Sutherland, who we were chatting with last week. On top of that, Sarah has just released her first book. It's called Fat Yoga, and it's all about how to use yoga in a larger body. And she's very much a fat activist in this space and very well known and very well respected throughout the country. And on top of that, like we're really lucky because Sarah is one of our guides in our untrapped program. So Sarah comes along in the sections where we do talk more about body liberation and how to find a sense of embodiment and connection and kind of being okay and at home in your body just the way it is. So she brings so much wisdom into the course and I'm so blessed really to have her on board. So I knew I needed to speak to Sarah this week because There has been literally no less than what you would call perhaps a media shitstorm over the dreadful occurrence of so-called plus-size models on the catwalk in the Sports Illustrated bikini catwalk show, which happened. And according to a Mamma Mia article that was written about this event from people who were actually there, when these average-looking women and some in larger bodies, when these women actually came out onto the catwalk, apparently there was a palpable sigh of relief and a real sense, an emotional sense in the room of appreciation. And it was described as a real moment of inclusion and a moment of triumph, really, for body positivity. You know, fashion is an area where traditionally larger bodies have been erased. They have not been there at all. So no matter what you think about bikini shows, it's a moment in which inclusion happened, in which there was a symbolic gesture of inclusion. And that is so important. And it's such an encouraging shift given that we've seen body positivity kind of rise and rise over the last couple of years, and this is a real moment of of triumph. And, of course, this moment of triumph hasn't lasted long. God, no. So the head of the New South Wales branch of the Medical Association, Dr Frankham, immediately gets up on his soapbox and starts frothing at the mouth with pretend health concern and raving on about how this is apparently glorifying obesity. Oh, whenever I hear that phrase, glorifying obesity, I just eye roll, jaw clench, please. I mean, really glorifying obesity, that old chestnut. So I knew I had to talk to Sarah Harry about this. 
<laughs> because she's a fat activist and she's also got a history and a background of working in fashion. So she's got a really unique perspective. So I asked for, you know, what her thoughts were on this and guess what? She was already on it. She'd already been out there in the media telling them her opinion, putting in her two cents from the perspective of a, a fat activist, which is so wonderful because she's out there on the front line. She's not afraid to use her voice. And I just love that about her. So our chat this week was amazing because, okay, look, we do rant and rave quite a lot in this, but Sarah also talks about the important issue of really looking after yourself. How to self-care when the media does this kind of shit storm of attention to larger bodies and talking about how they can't possibly be healthy if they look like that. And you know what? This causes injury. This is an injury to people and it hurts people. So it's important to think about how you can look after yourself when eruptions like this occur. So I really hope that you enjoy this topic. Sarah Harry, hello. Hello, Louise. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much for coming on. I am really fired up this week and I know that you're livid. So <laughs> I just want to jump straight in. Tell me all about it. What is it that's getting you riled up? Well, look, I was contacted by the media during the week to make a comment about an article which was basically saying that having plus size models on the Australian catwalk was was um, glorifying obesity. And a lot of those comments came from the, you know, the head of the AMA in one of our states, which I just find is an absolutely appalling statement for a physician to come forward with. It's horrendous, particularly he's the head of the New South Wales branch of the AMA, Australian Medical Association. So he has a lot of clout. I couldn't actually believe I was reading the phrase glorifying obesity because it's such a perla of weight prejudice. And it, it's just for me, I guess, where I'm at, it's so outdated. But how does it affect you when you hear that phrase glorifying obesity? I guess I have two reactions. One is the screw you, I'm going to glorify it as much as I damn well want to because, you know, it's, it's such an already marginalised group and it deserves all the glory it can get. Love it. But my, but my clinician response is <laughs> it's a catch-all phrase for shame. And I really think that when we use the word glorifying obesity, I actually went and looked it up. It was interesting. I thought, well, what does it actually mean, glorification? And it, what it means is you represent something as admirable when it's unjustified. So you're saying that it's completely not justified that obesity should be celebrated, which wow. is outrageous because <laughs> it just it, what you're saying is people in bigger bodies shouldn't be seen as admirable. So let's just add another pile on the stigma kind of things to be ashamed of because it for people who live in bigger bodies because you know we hear that particular phrase just bandied about like it doesn't mean anything but actually it does mean something it creates a sense of it further creates more discrimination more stigma and more body shame and I just think you know as a person in a bigger body when I hear that it makes me so upset also because, you know, if you live in a bigger... I don't understand what they're really trying to say. 
and they're trying to say that if you show a few curvy models in some fashion, that that's going to inspire people to want to, I don't know, want to gain weight, become bigger and join a group of people who are already discriminated in almost every area of society. I don't understand. Like, it doesn't seem like a rational thing to say. So I have so many feelings about it, Louise. Can you tell? I can tell. I'm feeling all the feelings <laughs> alongside you. But, but it's, it, there's so much to unpack. That idea that suddenly, you know, seeing some people in bodies will make you go, I think I really need to get in that category of big let's do that let's be inspired to you know not not be as employable and not be seen as as lovable and be seen as something that is you know a a walking health problem and let's be discriminated at the doctor at the in the airport in the you know and almost every way like it's crazy like a couple of models on the catwalk who really they're gorgeous and they really quite close to modern beauty standards with our hourglass figures Mm -hmm. and it could be anyone I don't care who it is I don't care how big the person is anybody has the right to be seen in fashion and seen on the catwalk so you know he can really take that opinion um, and then put it somewhere where it's not very helpful because first of all it doesn't make sense and second of all it adds to people's shame it adds to blame as well about people's bodies and it does not help us understand health better, understand diversity better and move away from stigma. Yeah, and that is what we need to be doing. So I think what you're saying is you can take his glorification and stick it in his glory hole. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's no doubting the reality that living in a bigger body means you unfairly put up with marginalization and aggressions all the time and there's research even to show that people are more afraid of getting cancer yes than they are sorry that's i'm saying that the wrong way they would rather have cancer than put on weight and live in a bigger body (laughs) so yeah do you you know the worst the worst of the there's a couple of really outstanding groups of people that are really biased against bigger bodies and one of the biggest ones is actually the medical profession and the second eating disorder clinicians so yep (laughs) We know that, you know, the medical profession is not very good at working sensitively with people in bigger bodies. I don't use and I dislike intensely the word obesity. So I, wouldn't, I, I think it's been medicalised and stigmatised and I don't like it at all. Yeah. I think we should celebrate all bodies and all divert across the whole spectrum encouraging diversity. But also I think it's it's really irresponsible from someone from the from the Australian Medical Association to stand up and say, I can look at this picture of this model and tell you she's unhealthy. Mm. Oh, that's mm. a doctor. <laughs> like, yeah. That's what we learn at medical school now. We, we, we just get pictures of we, we can say they're healthy or they're not healthy. Yeah. I want to read you a quote of what he said because he's actually admitting to making these assumptions about how these people are treating themselves. So he actually says, yes, we need to embrace people of all shapes and sizes, but at the same time, strive for people to be more active and fitter and make better eating choices. So he's saying yes and no. (laughs) 
like, yes, we want you to be comfortable in your body, but no, you're not allowed to be fat. I mean, it's just, it's so horrendous it's, because it also gives a great deal of disrespect to people living in bodies which maybe are experiencing chronic illness or less visible disability or who live in small bodies and could be really chronically ill like the definition of health is not can i look at a picture and see how someone is and then say healthy or not healthy that it's really there's a great deal of intersectionality that happens here because you know there are people in in small bodies who get us you know who may be assumed to be healthy who are actually really struggling with chronic pain every day yeah health is very very multifaceted and so is how the kinds of things that go into how much a body might weigh but here in this quote we see his very disappointing admission that he thinks that what people weigh are primarily down to moving and eating and like there's over a hundred factors as far as i know about what goes into what somebody weighs and to just narrow it down to these two things and he's blaming larger models on a runway for behaviours that he has no idea about. No, and how does he know? Like, <laughs> he's developed x-ray vision or has some magical kind of <laughs> ability to see through people into their, kind of, I don't know. But then have to take into account, is, is that person, you know, well-connected socially? Is, is that person in a healthy relationship? And do they have good mental health? Like, we still need to look at health holistically. And if he's saying, the old story, Lou, you know, just eat well and move your body and it'll all be fine. Everyone will be thin then, right? That's right. I mean, it's total rubbish because, you know, I eat pretty well and I move my body and I'm fat. So what does he make of that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, obviously, you know, you need to strive more. (laughs) I need to do something differently. No, I mean, it's just so crazy that we've distilled medicine down into one demonizing factor yeah and it's really disappointing in terms of medicine because there are a lot of great physicians out there who have a great deal of knowledge and and sensitivity and are fabulous people but the general sense at the moment is we're just going to distill it down into one or two factors which are going to tell us whether you're healthy or not which is just so ridiculous it's beyond bizarre and I mean if they're really concerned about the health of people on the catwalk then perhaps <laughs> you know, where's this great concern for like say for example male models who are bald because you know they're terribly unhealthy they have you know some real risk factors going with their hearts so yeah. where's the call where's the outrage <laughs> you know for these I know, I know. dangerous examples I know, it's just shocking. But also, I mean, it kind of also brings up the, you know, the fashionista in me to think, well, you know, aren't we allowed to have bigger bodies on cowards? Aren't people in bigger bodies, regardless of this sort of health, aren't they allowed to have good clothes too? Do you know? Oh, my gosh. We're allowed to have good clothes. Now now you're glorifying wearing clothes in a large body. We should be wearing sacks, Lou. We should have some kind of sack action on. You should also be, you know, not offered fashion, which is lovely and beautiful and worthy of a catwalk. I mean, there's so many messages underlying. It's horrendous. So so you're thinking like maybe a stack cloth with irresponsible written across (laughs) the No, I think mine might say bad fatty on it. 
<laughs> I want to read you another quote from Dr. Franken, but you might need to like hold yourself a bit. <laughs> I'm not sure that we need obese models in swimsuits or lingerie to promote messages about people feeling good about themselves. I don't think it works that way. Oh, really? <laughs> okay, let me tell you how it works. It really does work that way. Because we know through the research that people who are exposed to a greater diversity of body sizes, whether they're wearing swimsuits or they're wearing sacks, it doesn't matter. If you're exposed to a greater diversity of sizes, then you're actually becoming a little bit more comfortable with your body. So we know that actually that the opposite is true. If you only show one size, a size body of a model is generally about 2% of the population. So in a very small body, often very unattainable, that, that's not necessarily helping anybody. That increases body dissatisfaction. But letting people see or having people see a greater diversity of body sizes across all media, across all social media, but especially on the catwalk where really we have not been allowed like really really it's been one body on the catwalk there's a lot of reasons for that but mainly because the samples are made in one size so i think it's absolutely bloody fabulous to see especially in swimsuits bring it bring all the swimsuits and all of the bodies wearing the swimsuits because what we need to see is diversity so that we as people and our frontal cortex can get used to seeing those images and get used to kind of knowing that there's diversity in all but also also our children and the people coming up, you know, so that they can see diversity, mm -hmm. so that they don't have to live through what we've lived through, which is just there's one ideal of female beauty. Yeah, it's been so incredibly boring. And I think this is just so tremendously exciting to see diversity. And I totally agree with your point. When you have diversity, when you see a range of bodies, you feel good. And I know that that would horrify Dr. Frankham that, that people... <laughs> no people feeling good. You feel <laughs> bad. But this is what we call the shame model, you know? Like, let's make people feel bad and mm -hmm. then they might be motivated to change their body. And do you know, Lou, I mean, I know that you know that that is exactly the opposite of what the research says. So I don't know where he's getting his information from, but mm -hmm. we know that the shame and blame model makes people feel worse about their bodies and also it makes them less likely to seek health care, less likely to look after their bodies, less likely to move their bodies. Mm. So it actually doesn't work at all. Making people feel bad, using the shame model to, in inverted commas, I'm making big air quotes, yeah. motivate people, <laughs> does not work. I call it the Michelle Bridges effect. It doesn't work. Screaming at people that they're fat, lazy and disgusting hasn't worked so far and it's never going to work. It actually makes things worse. It is staggering to think that the head of the AMA doesn't know this. <laughs> well, you obviously missed that day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It really concerns me because, the, like you said, the research is so convincing and overwhelming, particularly that it's not just body image and feeling bad about ourselves leads to psychological distress, but it also affects physical health and yeah, physical absolutely. quality of life. So if he really is that concerned about health, he needs to lighten the hell up. Well, he also needs to get his head around the research just a fraction, I would imagine, because absolutely. he's not really understanding what makes people 
more motivated to um, engage in health behaviors, for example. And again, health is not anybody's obligation. I don't believe anyone has an obligation to move their body or to be in health, but you know, that's what, that's how he is talking about mm -hmm. it. And it's so irresponsible because it's just another way to make people feel badly about themselves. Yeah. Here's another clanger that he dropped. <laughs> don't have the quote in front of me, but he's talking about how we wouldn't have models walking down the runway smoking cigarettes. <laughs> yeah, I read that. <laughs> yeah. And so it's that old kind of clangor about a behaviour versus a body, right? Yes. Smoking is a behaviour. Having a body is not a behaviour. <laughs> No, I mean, especially if you look at things like genetics. So, you know, when I stand next to my brother and my dad, I actually look small and I'm not a small person and I'm a really tall person because the genetics in my family are a certain way. We're, we're really tall people and we're big people. And so distilling it down to be so simple that it's just a behaviour that I need to change, I actually cannot change my genetics. Like mm. my genetics are what they are. And I also, we're also this idea that we're in control of our health to a huge degree yeah. and the latest research I read was that it's about only about 25% of we actually have control of about 25% of kind of our health in general whereas the rest of the factors are just out of our control but you know people really really want us to believe and are selling us this idea of healthism that you can go out and purchase your health by having green smoothies and making balls made out of God knows what. And, you know, like that, that will ensure that you never become unwell or you never experience illness. And that is that's selling people a false idea of what having a body means, you know? Mm. Not true. No, it's not true, but it's another example of diet culture bullshit that supports yeah. a massive industry. And it also supports blaming individuals if they are suffering from ill health or, yes. or blaming individuals even if they're not suffering from ill health but just don't fit some kind of ideal. Yeah, and that's really sad when we make some illnesses the recipients of a lot of care and kindness and lasagnas and we make other illnesses <laughs> the recipients of shame and blame and just this feeling that they created it themselves. And that actually makes me extremely sad and extremely unhappy. And the, the idea, I'm also fearful. What if I get an illness and how will mm. I feel? And, you know, and, and how much shame will I have to bear because you know, I'm in a bigger body. Did I cause this myself? Like they've set up this feeling that people have about having illnesses that all body sizes have. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. It's just awful. And, you know, the, the idea of um, a rant for smoking is such a strange idea. Smoking is a behaviour that mm. can be given up. Oh, you know, I know lots of people don't find it easy, but you can give it up and never do it again. Yeah. Now, You've got a body that you're going to be with for the rest of your life and you've also got to eat every single day. Mm -hmm. I can't see the link. <laughs> I can't see it. I, I've tried. I just I can't see it. Well, I guess the, the broad assumption is that you have a body and you have control over that body and you can choose weight loss if you just try hard enough for the long term and that yeah. will give you perfect health. And we, we know that's not true. No. What I find really interesting is people are now willing to say oh, diets are bad and no, 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 we don't recommend diets, but what you need is a lifestyle change, which is essentially restricting, which is essentially a diet. So we're not going to call it that, but you should keep doing it. Yeah, forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's right. 
I mean, medical profession is just one of the worst. I, and I find it's so strange. It's so confusing to me because it seems so ethically suspect for them to be prescribing a treatment so regularly with such a high failure rate where they would never do that to any other yeah. And that just reveals the bias, doesn't it, Sarah? It just reveals that underneath this is, is a dislike of people in larger bodies. That yeah. is just it's, real. But there's it's not even just a dislike. There's there's also a distaste and a disgust and a you know, people don't want to touch people and you know, in hospitals people are treated extremely poorly compared to their smaller counterparts. So you know, things are very different on the bigger body side of the fence than on the smaller body side of the fence. It's heartbreaking and it, it just makes me so angry at the same time that this is the state of play. But we really need to kind of push back on this and call it out, which is why I'm really glad I'm having this conversation <laughs> with you. Where I don't believe a thing that he says, yeah. yeah. But, you know, you did something about this because you're a bit of an activist and you chat about this kind of stuff. So what... You were quoted, I think, in one of the articles talking about, you know, the right to be glorified. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I took a fairly conservative. They asked me what I thought of it and I said it's total rubbish. I don't support it. I don't agree with it and I, and I don't think it's helpful and I think it's just adding to the conversation, adding to discrimination, adding to bias and stigma. But I'll always speak out, Lou. Like, if I get, it's an honour to be asked, really, to add your voice to this to this conversation and that's why you know I always say yes to those things because it's another chance for someone in a bigger body to say something and, and there aren't that many people who you've got to get the call does that make sense like yeah. someone's going to call you or ask you or you've got to be invited to do something so you can stand up and say this stuff because there aren't that many public settings apart from kind of blogging and writing where you're really speaking often to your own audience, where you get to say, hey, no, that's not okay, you know? So I appreciate the public kind of form that I have because I get to say reasonably regularly, no, that's not okay, but also quite scarily regularly. Like, mm. it's quite scary how often they ask me the same stuff. <laughs> yeah, and, and how basic it is. I mean, that it's so insulting to say, is it okay to see a body type? Yeah, it's it's just bad. And then everyone got so upset when I called fat yoga, fat yoga. Like, (laughs) you know, the whole, you know, it's like so much backlash. And I'm like, just a physical descriptor. We've got to strip, strip some of the negativity away from some of these words because then they lose their power, you know? Yeah, yeah. You're an incredible voice and you're, you're definitely further a lot of definitely a lot of media. I mean, what do you think about, how do you think the media treated this story? Look, do you know what they said to me when they rang me? They said, oh, a comment has gone viral, so we're going to write more about it because we just want to keep this going. So basically, uh-huh. actually, the media doesn't care about it. They care about clicks. They care about numbers and they care about, you know, (laughs) sensational comments. So actually he doesn't realise it, but he just played into the media hands and gave them a lovely soundbite that they just ran with for, you know, a week maybe. It's just a soundbite to the media, but to me and to people in bigger bodies and to people that are vulnerable or people that are struggling with eating disorders in bigger bodies, I don't see it that way. I see it as harm. I see it as sadness. I see it as shame. I see those people reading this stuff and 
they don't have my ability to step back from it and know that it's just clickbait, do you know? Mm. Uh, or to all my abilities to be able to brush it off. My work is the people who are vulnerable, you know, who read that and then just feel shit about themselves and decide to go and, and do some kind of crazy thing, some kind of crazy diet, which is just going to, you know, eventually make them fatter anyway. Mm. It's, mm. that's who I feel bad about like I, I don't care so much about the AMA I wish I could change them I wish I could get in there and really really talk to them about it and have them take me seriously but I also really care because I'm a clinician about the people who come to my office in tears when they've read that stuff yeah that's exactly right it hurts real people and stuff like this circulating around the media over and over again and seeing such yeah. cruel comments about people's yes. bodies and such cruel assumptions about their health yeah. And not being questioned. And thank God for people like you who, who are questioning it and pushing back. And also from the perspective of a lived experience, like from someone who actually is in a bigger body, you know, as opposed to someone. I know that one of the journalists that was pictured, I can't remember her name, but she was very negative about it. And she's obviously mm -hmm. in a thinner body and has never experienced a day of weight prejudice. No, and I'm, I think everyone and, you know, we have a strong group of people that work together in this field and we're all of different sizes and we're all of different backgrounds and ages and, you know, anybody in anybody <laughs> can, can be part of this movement and can use their voice. And you don't have to use your voice in the way that I do. You can just use your voice by standing up to your group of friends or by walking away from conversations or by not engaging in diet talk at work. Like there are just little ways that you can help people mm. not continue these conversations and not perpetuate some of this misinformation and stigma. You know, that's what I teach people when I work with them is, you know, you don't have to be a big activist. You don't have to have a big voice. You can have a small voice and change someone's life forever by yeah. you know, helping them understand some of the deep, deep bias and the deep, deep harm that, that some of these things perpetuate. Mm. And I love that idea of, you know, we, as we are both clinicians and one of the things I love helping people do is, like you said, not becoming, you know, an, an activist if you don't want to, but very quietly and very personally, just rejecting diet culture and stepping back Yep. from these kinds of conversations and stepping back from buy-ins about I'm just going to kind of feel bad about my body. The easier you know, thing to do if you're constantly bombarded that the message that you're wrong and your body is wrong and you should be ashamed of it mm. and you should change it, then, you know, it's actually a really difficult thing to do to sit in, well, I would call it body neutral or body peace, just to take those few steps to, to push back or not to be kind of disarmed by these kind of articles. Because sometimes I find these kind of big articles that get a lot of airplay and garner a lot of attention can disarm people quite significantly. So some yeah. of our work in body acceptance and some of our really big work in body acceptance, just to kind of ride the wave, to hear this stuff to, or to, to you know, turn down the computer or turn off the TV, not absorb it and not let it throw you, do you know? Because there are plenty of people who are really doing well in body acceptance and then an article like this will come along and shake them. And I like to kind of talk to people about like now some of your work in staying in body acceptance and being comfy in your body is actually not to be shaken. Mm. To have a bad body day or to absorb some stuff that makes you feel bad and to still be okay. That's some of our, that's our lifetime work in some ways.
I love that. But that's such a good reminder. Like do a bit of self-care when you get like a diet culture injury. And so that might be, <laughs> like you said, stepping back, let it wash over you, maybe do some breathing, maybe do a bit of yoga, maybe do meditation or self-compassion practice. But just to kind of notice the injury and look after yourself is something yeah. we can do. Yeah, that's exactly right. And and things like the course that you're running and the, the amazing stuff that you've put together are also things that people can do to kind of shore up that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, we just have to be mindful that behind a lot of this hurtful stuff are people who are vulnerable. They're vulnerable to lots of different things. They're not just vulnerable to eating disorders, but vulnerable to feeling badly about themselves every single day. And I don't want to be a party to that, you know. I just don't, I don't want that anymore. I want people to know that they can feel good in their bodies, that it is possible for them, even if they do live in a bigger body, you know. Yeah. It is possible. You know, we need to do better than glorifying, right? Because if glorifying means, like, it's not justified, we need to find a word that means glorifying, which is justified, <laughs> because we are admirable. All bodies are admirable for their incredible ability to keep us alive and connected. Well, I was thinking about this vlog. I was thinking, like, how else could he have done it? He could have been like, isn't it great that we're celebrating all bodies? <laughs> <laughs> You know, it doesn't have to come from a negative space. It doesn't have to be we're glorifying diversity or whatever. We don't have to glorify anything. In fact, I could do without that word altogether along with the O word. We can throw both of those in the bin. Mm. And let's just celebrate bodies because, you know, <laughs> bodies are amazing. Not everybody is happy with the body they're in for many different reasons. It isn't just the size of the body. Sometimes our bodies don't work in, in the way that we want them to and that, and that we have ability struggles or we live in a body that just doesn't service us in the way that we want. So there's so many different ways that's, that people yeah. experience a body and we need to understand that. A bit yeah, which is staying with the body even if it's not in perfect health. Yeah, like, which is not encouraged. You know, yeah. in our society we're just like, where's health, 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 you know? <laughs> Jesus. What about the people that don't enjoy health? What about them? Do they not have a right to a voice? Like, they, we... all, they all need a smoothie and they need a program. <laughs> <laughs> it's not right do you know it's not right okay. or once you develop an illness you're no longer of any worth and neither is your body yeah and that's just that's crap well yeah, yeah because we're, we're relatively young ish loose but our bodies are going to change you know from the second half of your life you're going to experience illness you're going to experience pain you're going to experience mobility issues if you don't and it's been our privilege really to have had relatively good and able bodies. I consider myself hugely privileged to be able-bodied. You know, that's a massive privilege that I have, along with other privileges that I have. But, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of people don't have those. And that, does that make their body not worthy? No. They're just seeing one aspect again. So we just look and we see fat and we see bad. Yeah. And we don't see, like, the sort of glorious, imperfect mess of being human which no that's fine embrace the glorious mess that you are i think it's yes. elizabeth gilbert's quote and it's gorgeous yeah. you know but i think that should be you know your bodies too embrace the glorious mess that your body is sometimes is the way that it is you know yeah and i love the idea too like with the, seeing the different bodies on the catwalks making your social media like that so putting because i know my social media is full of all kinds of different bodies from all different walks of life and ages and abilities and 
there really is something in seeing diversity every day that shifts this way of thinking, I think, a lot quicker than if all of our exposure is just all a standard diet culture, one body. But not only one body, one colour, one age, one height, one hairstyle, do you know? Like, I think that it is the true kind of rainbow of the world is so important to see in our social media and to really try to represent. Like, we have a lot of, I have myself a lot of able-bodied white privilege and educated privilege, but, you know, I really want to support everybody else who doesn't have that privilege you know and I, I like to have a, a social media that re represents everybody so mm. I can you know like even if it's in my quiet way support those people that are different to me yeah I find I think that's so important what you just said so not to put you on the spot <laughs> what would be maybe your top three social media sources of body diversity like so people can check them out Oh, well, I love Diane Bondi. She's my girl. <laughs> She's beautiful. She's a Canadian, African-American woman. I think that's how you might describe her. She's, I love her Instagram. I love her Facebook. And she's incredibly generous with the yoga that she offers for free. You know, like, mm. so that, you, know, you can follow along with her. Oh, who else do I love and adore? You really put me on the spot. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't even have it in front of me. I'll add one for you because when you said Diane, I thought of Jessamine Stanley as well, who... Yeah, she's great, but you know, I love her and I wouldn't take away from her, but I also think that she represents quite a lot of the movement privilege in that she can do, you know, there's a lot of handstands, there's a lot right. of headstands and I mean, I do love her, but I think that sometimes we get a little bit of, you know... <laughs> <laughs> okay that's lovely but I'll never be able to do that and I also really really love all the the I love the fat activists so you know I love Virgin Shabar I think she has a fantastic kind of page and someone to follow but I also love all the Australian independent fat designers you know I love Jules I love Hope and Harvest I love 17 Sundays I oh, these are all great independent mm -hmm. and I, I love to you know support that the small Australian fashion I'm going to put all of those up in the show notes so everyone can go you know and like and they show things on real bodies like Jules shows all her gorgeous leggings with huge diversity of bodies which is it's so great you know there's just there is great stuff out there I mean screw the guy that worries about the fashion on the, the catwalk there is great fashion out there and you know, anybody that's listening can email me and I've got a list of great, great fashion oh okay great <laughs> it's not like a, the best list ever which is why I'm not going to give it to you to put up but I think okay. if they want to email me they can get it because I've just been slowly but surely putting together like a, a list of great Thank you, Sarah. We've had a good chat, I think. I feel a little bit less like climbing the walls and smashing windows. So, I think good, 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 no, good. How are you? How are you feeling? <laughs> no, I feel great about it now. I've got to say what I wanted to say. So, thank you very much for that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I am sure we will chat again. Thank you for doing everything you do and especially using your voice in such an awesome way. Oh, no, thank you. You've done amazing stuff and you're, you know, also <laughs> the great contemporary in, in, in fighting back in the media, Lou. So, you know, you keep doing that work too. Yeah, stick it to diet culture. <laughs> Take care, Sarah. We'll talk soon. Okay, see you later. Bye-bye. The amazing Sarah Harry talking so much wisdom and sense. So I hope everybody can go away from today glorifying the hell out of their bodies. Glorify, glorify, glorify.
Thank you so much for listening. So if you're thinking of coming to join us in our Untrapped community and unlocking from diet prison and finding out more about how to feel liberated and embodied in your own body, the way it is right now, now is the time to do it because we've just launched, as you know, our Untrapped Masterclass has just launched and class actually starts just in a couple of days. So Sunday, September 3rd, Australian time is when the actual school will open and everything kicks off and starts. So it's really exciting. And the great news is as an opening special, as you know, we've got the 10% discount. So register now. We've only got like 48 hours. Get on it now. Get that discount now so you can get all of this wonderful, I mean, three months worth of information and help from all of these wonderful guides, some of whom you've been hearing from so far on the All Fired Up podcast. So we really want to start off on Sunday with a really big group. And you know what? It is a big group and I'm so excited to see so much interest in this and I can't wait to get started. So come and join the adventure with us. Get to the website, untrapped.com.au and register, sign up. The offer is only valid for another two days, so get on it right now. So we'll be back next week with some more diet culture rage, some more festering sores of injustice, and I really hope that you come and join us. And if you like what you've heard today, please subscribe to iTunes. Give us a good review. Tell friends and family about it. Until I speak to you guys again, trust no one, think critically, Push back against diet culture. Untrap from the crap. Thank you.